1: It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure.
0: You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me as always via uh, Zencaster is my friend Michael Lebov. And Mike, the Islanders played four games last week. They won all four of them. And I think my big takeaway is I just need to shut the hell up and enjoy what's going on because uh, all I've been doing is complaining for the last couple of weeks and then this team just goes out and wins. And it's a very strange feeling. They're actually one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference right now even if they don't always look it, uh, which is very strange. So I don't know. How how are you feeling through this stretch right now that, uh, that has seen them win four in a row again?
1: Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of that. Um, I was talking to one of my buddies and he was like, you know, it's, he, he was listening to the podcast, um, before the flyers game, basically. And he's like, it's crazy how, um, you know, that the tone of that show was so different. And, uh, you know, we were talking about a completely different Islanders season. A week ago um and i think what i what i've kind of learned is timing really matters right um (laughs) we recorded that after they had just lost to the predators and stars and they were looking ahead to um a tough couple games followed by a back-to-back where um you know you could see things going south and so this is kind of going back to like timing and one of the lessons or something i've learned is uh and and this isn't just from this season but actually from last season uh that you know not Every game is worth two points if you win, sometimes one if you lose and some most of the time zero if you lose right um but not like every those points all kind of not that they don't matter the same they do, but the timing of them really matters uh and we yeah. saw that last season when the islanders uh lost that game to the devils, and they lost the wild and the devils, I think, or something like that. And you were like, ooh, like they played well against the Wild, not so much against the Devils, and then they had to do that kind of really tough Florida two step before uh, coming home to the homes for home stand that was going to feature the Flames, who were rolling at the time, mm. Leafs and Rangers. And this was, you know, Rangers, not even yeah. talking about the COVID, right? right? So the timing of that Devils loss, you could kind of feel it. And and then fast forward to this year, another Devils, another Devils loss. The Islanders were two and one. Um, uh, they no show against the Devils right before that Florida uh, little mm. two-step. And then after that two-step, of course was the three game losing streak. That was not that turned into a winning streak somehow. And she- <laughs> the season, right? Like it was Carolina, right. the Rangers, then Car- uh, Carolina on the road, Colorado at home back to back. Um, So what I've kind of learned is like that these, there's so much, so much comes down to timing. And on Tuesday night, I think it was Tuesday night when they played the Leafs, um, there was maybe the best timed goal of the season, and it came from Josh Bailey uh from Tristan jari a k a Eric chalgren, who <laughs> set him up with two minutes right. left in a two one game that the islanders had no no business being in he scores they went in overtime Bailey Bovillier since then Bovillier's caught fire uh he mm. needed to Bailey you know not not yet, but I, I think he's actually been all right the past couple games um yeah and that the time that those two points mattered the same in the standings as any two points they were two points but in terms of the timing of them it, they were huge because the islanders then played the oilers on wednesday night and then they had that back this back-to-back with columbus and philadelphia where sure you expect them to win that game but let's say that bailey doesn't get that pass from chogren um mm-hmm the Islanders lose that game and and whatever they lose to the Oilers those two games against Philadelphia and Columbus become must win uh and there's a lot more pressure and that can can go south and so that goal from Bailey turned them from 11 and 9 gave them a really good chance at 15 and 8 and now 16 and 8 looking ahead to their schedule um and you know that's the funny thing about the these season, these you know these long seasons is that 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 play to you know, every other fan base. They see, oh, Josh Bailey scored with two mm-hmm. minutes left. Uh against the Maple Leafs in November. So what? But to mm-hmm. us, like I think we'll probably be going back to that goal a lot this season.
0: Yeah. Uh we're gonna we're gonna take it a, a game at a time this time as opposed to sort of recapping all of them. But uh but yeah, that, that game against the Leafs, which was actually yeah, Monday it was a weird sort of Monday game. Uh, was low key huge because they had come off into back to back losses and they were looking at potentially three in a row and then you know this kind of weird week of games that are winnable but also against you know there, there's no real sort of gimmies in this league anymore and we'll talk a little bit more about the Flyers later. Um, but uh, that was a huge a huge game and it didn't start out that way because like you said it was all Leafs particularly early but Dobson gave them a, a first you know the the, the lead. They started to kind of turn it on after a while. But then in the second, they fell apart. The Tavares scores in the power play, eight seconds into the power play. Does any team give up more goals, like, between ten, within 10 seconds of the start of a power play than the Islanders do? I don't know. It seems like every game there's a power play goal where they just, you know, before you even realize it's a power play, it's in the back of the net. Uh, and then Matthews, you know, had a great deflection. And it was still mostly Leafs. But then, like you said, the giveaway to Bailey, ties the game you could hear the Leafs you know fans kind of get pissed off and then in OT the Leafs just decided man we don't feel like playing in overtime and then it was Dobson to Nelson to Beauvillier and game over um the my only problem with that game and Elie Sorokin was great we'll get back to that too in a little bit my only problem with that game was that the Leafs played well enough that we didn't get the normal amount of sort of Leafs trauma at the end where people crying and it was just season over what does this mean they're gonna fire anybody like they played really well aside from overtime so nobody really kind of like you know went, fell off the ledge or whatever complaining about it um but you're right for, for the islanders that game meant a lot more i think than it did for, than the loss point meant for the leafs because they, they've actually played very well lately but to the islanders man if they lose that game after those losses in dallas and nashville Boy, it starts getting real ugly real fast, and all of a sudden, <laughs> that that, uh, that winning streak earlier in the season, you know, means a lot less. And uh, and so that that was, you know, give they didn't play that well, but credit the Islanders for understanding that and sticking with it, and and you know, for Bailey kind of being in the right spot at the right time and, and getting them at least a point, and then the Bovillier and Nelson uh, for getting them the extra point because they needed that. And uh, I think they understood that 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 win was was a huge one for them, and they really needed it because they certainly played like it in the overtime portion, if maybe mm. not the first two periods.
1: Yeah. Um, and and like you said, like they were coming off those, those losses. So they, they were 11 and four uh, at one point. And I just remember during that, the middle of that third period when it really, really looked like they were not going to win that game. Mm. Uh, just thinking to myself, man, you know, it was, it was fun. You know, it was fun being whatever they were, 11 and four or something like that. And, all of a sudden, now they're going to be eleven and nine, and uh, they're just going to be scrapping to to be one of those playoff teams at Thanksgiving, <laughs> which you hear about all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go to bed sad because of the leaves. Oh man, I'm going to bed happy now because of Josh Bailey. <laughs> like this is incredible. Um, and it's I I g- genuinely can't stop thinking about that goal, not because it was a one for the you know for the highlight reel for Bailey um but just gen- just because of you know things things like that just didn't happen for the Islanders last season and they didn't they don't happen for the Islanders in bad seasons we all know what you know a bad ugly Islander season looks like and he, in in those seasons you know that puck just kind of floats by Bailey to Justin hole, and he breaks he jumped it out over over his stick, yeah, exactly, <laughs> That's what we yeah, hear exactly. yeah, or Bailey hits the post on it and and like the least underscore right. the score, you have to eat that right um <laughs> and and I think the other thing that 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 game really proved to us once again and and not that we needed to to have it proved to us again mm. is that uh having the best goaltender in the league mm. really really helps, like it's he he no matter what he gives he's he buys you time to find mm. your game uh he buys you time to to steal points he's he, you know he's uh i think the the best goalie in, in not just you know he's b- played the best this season but i also think he's probably the best goalie in the league like you know i i watch a lot of hockey i've i've watched a lot of andre vasileski over the years and i've watched you know, too much of Igor Shosturkin uh <laughs> over the years and uh, you know, I think there's you can Connor Hellebuck too. Like I've I watched a ton of hockey and I just think in terms of sheer talent, it's Sorokin and uh, you know, that was on full display not only against the Leafs but then against the Oilers. Um but you know the 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 fact that they Islanders were only down two one in that game I was kinda surprised and, and people started talking about him more. Uh, of course, a couple of nights later. But I was kind of surprised that the Leafs weren't, like you said, it was a little unsatisfying because there was no, not only was there no hysteria and a coach mm-hmm. being fired or anything like that or them trying to trade away, some, you know, Justin Hull or whatever, but yeah. there was also no, ah, oh, man, like, you know, who gets goalied more than the Leafs, right? Like there wasn't yeah. even that. It was just, it, they all blamed the overtime and not, they didn't want to even talk about, uh, you know, the, the display from Sorokin and goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'm actually surprised that, uh, nobody was like, Oh boy, if the Leafs could, could trade for Sorokin, we did have one person talk about yes. Scott Mayfield being a flirty, uh, deadline pickup, which is just I, what? Like, I don't know. I, I mean, that was incredible. I, I mean, Scott Mayfield is a handsome man. I don't think his wife w- would appreciate people, sports writers flirting with him or other GMs flirting with him, uh, while they're still married. But, uh, this is a very strange way to put that. It like,
1: was classic kind of you know, we right. talk thing we talk about all the time with their the way that they're covered. It's like oh, leaf writer discovers this player exists, leaf writer right. then discovers this player is good, leaf writer discovers this player doesn't play for leafs <laughs> he must play for leafs soon. He right. he would make them better. Like nah, it's not how it works, man. Like you don't just get to <laughs> you, you, just because you're the Toronto Maple Leafs and we have an expiring contract here doesn't mean you just get to say okay right. like you know you, you this guy this guy's a ufa at the end of the year mm. he gets traded to toronto like well i i yeah. i genuinely that that writer i think is slowly like climbing the power rankings of the uh <laughs> like the most annoying um and i would right. i would have loved to ask him uh what the honor's record was going into that game and see yeah, oh. what he would have said uh, like you I know
0: seven eight that. and two yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, he he definitely oh, so he you know he thinks that Scott Mayfield is from Brantford or one of those like, you know, places as opposed to yeah. St. Louis where he's actually from, you know, but yeah. I don't know. He could yeah, he could have just said like well, Mayfield's a UFA it would be an interesting pickup for the Leafs, aside from the fact that the Leafs have no cap space and never have and never will. So, I don't know. but it was, and, they,
1: and the Islanders trading, right. trading away arguably their best defense for this season. Uh, yeah. I think you could, or I, I guess it's Dobson, but I, it's genuinely close, I think between mm-hmm. Mayfield and, yeah. and Dobson this year, uh, yeah, or I should say good. most impressive, um, yeah. maybe is a better way to put it. Um, Cause I've been very impressed with, with the way Mayfield's played and, Yes, it it would make a ton of sense for the Islanders who, what whatever record he thought they were, they they were eleven and eight and in second or third place in the Metro at the time and yeah. <laughs> definitely in the the playoff race and uh yeah they they definitely are itching itching to give away right. Scott Mayfield to a team that they might see in the playoffs.
0: Definitely, definitely. Well, that, again, that's how Leafs writers think. But in any event, uh, moving on to so that was Monday's game and then Wednesday they played another. Um, often, you know, micro uh, analyzed team from Canada. The Edmonton Oilers. Uh and uh they actually started pretty good for once the Islanders did. It was nothing nothing after the first period. But then um uh Peugeot scores a shorthanded goal from Parisi, which was gorgeous. Then Parisi got a goal of his own, kind of bounced off of Evan Bouchard's stick, but uh, whatever, who cares on the power play. And then Oliver Wallstrom found a pinching Sebastian Aho. Talk about impressive defenseman this season and uh boom 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 it was three nothing and uh the oilers had some shots and a ton of power plays to be honest but the islanders were five for five on the pk and before you know it the game was over and Ilya sorokin walks out of ubs arena with a 49 save shutout that was tops on all kinds of records i I think it was the second most shots an islander has faced and gotten a shutout he was never not in control. He was clearly unbeatable for the entire game. The Islanders had thirty shots of their own, which you know isn't bad it's not it's not forty nine some some were reporting as fifty shots and end up being forty nine and I gotta tell you, as impressive as that number sounds, and as good as Sorokin was, that did not feel like a poor showing from the Islanders, despite the forty nine shots and i kept i i mean I think I messaged you at one point like. Am I crazier if the Islanders not really played that poorly in this game, despite giving up all these shots? The game, again, they had they were on the penalty kill for what felt like half the game. So, yeah, of course the Oilers are going to get a bunch of shots. And obviously McDavid tried his, his things, and he was shut down a lot by guys like Scott Mayfield and, and Dobson throughout the game. And I was just like... You, know, you hear, oh, they give up forty nine shots, and you think they played pretty poorly. But like, man, I don't know. I thought that was one of the better games the Islanders had played in a long time. And uh, and obviously, Sorokin was the best player on the ice, and he just wasn't giving it yeah. anything. And it, it was it was beautiful to see. And actually, probably was the closest we've come to trots hockey this entire season. And uh, yeah, made made Monday's game against the Leafs even sweeter by following it up with with a great performance against you know again a, a team with a high powered well we'll get about get some high powered offensive players but not many we'll get to that again in a second but uh this was awesome i mean this i mean for you this is probably one of your favorite games of the season i would think with your yeah. uh, your devotion to Soroka yeah he um uh,
1: he was incredible i actually ended up my my dad and i have season tickets in like 312 and uh he couldn't go that night so i sold those two our two seats and just bought like a cheap single and ended up like right on the, the red line that Sorokin played in twice, which just, you know, was serendipitous. Uh so I got to watch the whole show and it was awesome. bizarrely good. Um <laughs> but I, I'm with you. I think that you know we since we've been told what what a good game looks like by the um, overlords of, of hockey who work at the athletic and, and, and sling charts. <laughs> um, you know, a, a good game is you tilt the ice and you have a 57% or better expected goals rating and you're at least you're plus four or better five uh, at five on five high danger chances. Um, and your goalie doesn't have to make 10 great saves. Um, mm. In fact, your goalie should be a number three goalie. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't <laughs> count. Um No, but like, since we've been told what a good game looks like, I think people kind of forget that, you know, every game of hockey is sort of like a snowflake where it's like, they're just not going to look the same. They, they, you know, I think that, you know, over the Islanders years, we've seen the same loss over and over again. And you can kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they blend together. Like, oh man, like, yeah, I've I've seen this three nothing loss to Antero Ninamaki and the Flyers before. Like (laughs) he's going to make like 23 saves and he's going to sleepwalk through. And, you know, mike richards will score and the islanders will will be hanging around but eventually they'll give up an empty net goal and you know they've just lost 13 in a row in november like like we've seen these losses you've you've seen games that look alike before but not every game is the same and that type of good game was still a good game like i thought the islanders executed on a game plan really well against like you can't the the oilers are a different team from every other team in the nhl because they have mcdavid and they have dry so you right. can't play against the Oilers the same way that you play against 26 other teams, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really – the same thing with the Leafs. Like, you can't really play against the Leafs the same way you would play, you know, against the Washington Capitals, for instance. It's, it's, all, it's all different. And I thought that they had a very – it seemed like they had a very clear game plan. Like, you could see it. I think you make a good point about being close to a Trotz game because I think that's part of what Barry Trotz did so well with the Islanders was – he had them all on the same page more often than not. And you could see it. You can visibly see it. You can almost like feel it uh, in the air. And um, that one was was clear as day, I thought. And I thought they played really well. Um, And I know uh, the Islanders, since they're 15 and eight, that record looks really good. And it's Monday tomorrow. So, you know, let's size up the week. Let's talk about the weekend. And there will be people who maybe realize that the Islanders are 15 and eight and they'll say, well, you know, I am concerned about this, that, and this, but they've actually started to look better. Uh, mm-hmm. I think and since that, that Bailey goal, which kind of comes back to the timing <laughs> thing that I was talking about, like they've, they've started to kind of recalibrate and and play better for the most part. Um, And I thought that Oilers game was really impressive. And of course, like the Sorokin show was, yeah. I, it was outrageous! His <laughs> there was one save he made with his blocker, um, which I don't know about you, but do you notice? Have you ever seen a goalie use his blocker as much as him? He does use it a lot.
0: He does, and you know, so th- well. Sort of punch out to the front, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's it's like it, it's. I'm trying to think of some, like a goalie that does, and I'm sure someone will will think of a good one for for us. But you know, it, and he, I think he he said in the past, like he really looked up to getting Nabokov and I can kind of see a little bit of Nabokov yeah doing that like you know kind of at the top of his crease a, sh- a, wrist, a wrist shot comes through traffic and he like would block it away Nabokov
0: um, did a lot of what what Brendan or somebody would call fighting off the puck you know like yeah. sort of like he just kind of fights it off and it it doesn't go in the net but it squirts off to god knows where as opposed to being like a save. you know that was a lot of that was a big Nabokov <laughs> <thing> for sure
1: <laughs> and uh yeah so but there was one save he made with his blocker right in front of us i think it was in the third period on one of the eight or nine power plays they had in that period which was just getting abs- it was absurd at at a certain point you're just like are they maybe the rest are just enjoying the the Sorokin show what's going on here <laughs> uh but uh it was he was on he was down and and like a puck kind of just like popped up in front of the net and it was gonna go in it was like a weird deflection and you're like oh man like you had it was going the puck was traveling so slow that I had time to be like, damn, like that's a tough way to lose your shutout. And then by the time that thought even finished, like the Islanders had cleared it because he punched the rebound out, and the Islanders went <laughs> And um, he's so it's it's such a cliche to say he makes things look so easy, but I've I don't know of a player that does that in in any sport better than him. Like that makes the absurd look incredibly easy and I, I, I'm i running out of ways to talk about him and feel about him and I saw a couple of people including like my brother was at the game last night and uh my buddy Eric Niedel who who did that weird si- islanders the Chris Simon episode and uh you know my one of my brother's best friends Frank was there too and I like just Frank had a Sorokin jersey on him and the, the whole time like we were just were sort of talking about how much we loved Ilya Sorokin who wasn't even playing uh, mm-hmm. against the flyers so like like but the and the question was so bluntly like put to all of us like i think it was maybe i asked it or someone asked me like man how much do you just love this guy <laughs> and it's all it's right. impossible to answer because like he's clearly i think he's the mvp of the season right now uh he's their best player by far maybe their best player you know he's he's put might end up putting together uh, the best if he stays on this track knock on wood like he's going to end up putting the best season from an Islander goalie that I've ever seen um, and it just really makes me so so scared about him going to the all-star game because of Rick what happened to Rick
0: yeah I don't want to I don't want to get to that point <laughs> that is, it's, uh, it, it, yeah. it's
1: that's the sad thing is like yeah. I got so excited thinking about him on the way home and it's Thanksgiving the next day I should be thinking about how grateful I am Yeah, to have Illya Sorokin on the Islanders, and just for some reason that thought crossed my mind, and it it made me sick.
0: Well, this I mean I do I'm like this every year. Please
1: don't mic him up.
0: Yeah. Oh no, please don't. I mean I have this every this every year with with the uh, the uh, All Star game. But well, I mean we'll get to to this in a second. But yeah, I mean Sorokin right now, he's doing things that really are kind of superhuman. Like he just flings his. You know my favorite is when he. My favorite, I should say, which is in the in. I mean, when I say my favorite, I mean like the thing that gives me the most anxiety and makes me want to just like curl up into a a ball and launch myself into space is when he makes like three or four saves in a row, like just kind of flinging the pads out like a pinball machine. There's boom, 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 and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! And yeah, I just, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how strong his legs and hips and knees are and have to be to do that kind of stuff, but uh, he's doing that like on a routine basis now, and it's it's kind of absurd and you know, people are starting to notice like you're hearing about him on 32 thoughts and in other places too, there have been some charts going up that show his, you know, expected goals for, or I guess expected goals against is like way out in front of just about everybody else in the league. It's like twice what uh, Igor Shesterkins is right now, just as by way of comparison and just like he's people are noticing that this guy is really, 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 really good. And that scares me. Like it just scares me a little bit that, you know, people are going to notice this and they're going to, Try and test him, and and you know, hopefully the Islanders don't don't do anything crazy, and hopefully you know nothing ha- crazy happens at the All Star game. I don't know if he really. I mean, we're assuming he's going to go, but let's see. I mean, stupider things have happened, but uh well, well yeah, that he
1: was yeah. not. You know, we we rarely pay attention or even bring these things up. But I, my friend, sent me. A, he's not an Islander fan. Just sent me a, a new, an NHL dot com poll of like the the five vesina Trophy winners or oh, yeah. the rankings right now, one through five for the for the first quarter of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, And the good news is Sorokin is fifth. So be,
0: I guess maybe people haven't caught on. Maybe he won't get to the All-Star yeah, game, God that's willing. True. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. But I mean, just the idea that he's in the conversation is crazy because in the last 42 years, there have been three guys in uh, for the Islanders in the Vezina conversation. Billy Smith, who actually won it in 1982. Robin Leonard, <laughs> who came in third, but won the Masterton and obviously Sorokin. So. Could be a Could be a huge year. We'll see. But uh, yeah, so that that three nothing went over the Oilers. By the way, can we just talk about the Oilers real quick? I mean, we're on year what now of the Oilers <laughs> having a killer top six and then a bottom six that is completely worthless. Like they, these guys, they just kind of cycle in. Maybe they get a little bit of zone time and then they just get off the ice and oh, here's McDavid and Drysidle again. Like this is the same thing since before McDavid when it was Hall and Eberle and Nugent Hopkins like it was the same thing I don't know what is going on. and like if any other market this would be like what is going on right now why can't these guys get this right and it's just just par for the course for the Oilers they just blame McDavid it's Dreisaitl and McDavid's fault that they don't win or whatever and it's never these bottom six guys that are just like milk toast vanilla dudes that don't ever accomplish anything and then you talked about Scott Mayfield having a good season I'm sure Darnell nurse is a really nice guy I'm sure he's way better at hockey than I will ever be in my entire life we know he's Donovan McNabb's nephew his sister Sarah is a hell of a player herself I'm sure he is a man of great many gifts but man the way they talk about this guy like he is some kind of superhuman You know, end all, be all of all. I mean, I guess when the Oilers haven't you know developed a defenseman worth a damn in a hundred years, I guess that makes sense. But like, like is there a a huge gulf right now between Darnell Nurse and Scott Mayfield? Because I don't think there is. (laughs) Like, I just I'm looking at these two guys and I'm like, one guy's making like four times than what the other guy's making, and I don't think he's that much better than he is. You know, I'm just I don't know. Again, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Maybe he just had an off game, but like he's on the ice for what seems like a million chances against and a few chances for. And uh, I don't know. I just don't know what he's doing out there, but he's their guy. So they're going to ride ride or die with him. And that's, that's fair. I get that. But I don't know, man, I hear a lot about this guy and I'm, every time I watch him, I'm like, we, we just hear (laughs) a lot about,
1: like, we hear a lot about the Oilers. It's just not as, um, right. Annoying as, as the team in Toronto. It's true. Uh, and it's, it is truly bizarre because, you know, people—the way that people think about the the way the Islanders are run—is it you? It's like almost like you know, criminal the, <laughs> the way that the Islanders have constructed this team, and right. they are built. They're built from the back to the front, and they sign guys who are thirty years old sometimes, and they re-signed Zach Parise to and Cal Clutterbuck at the trade deadline last year instead of getting fifth round picks for them, and um then yeah you look around the teams that uh people like to send you know gift the most because they have Connor mcdavid on them like and you're like wait who 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 here is committing the like the heinous crime to hockey is it is it the islanders or is it the team that can't figure out how to build around the best player ever, <laughs> like it's, or the team that can't get past the first round because yeah. even though they they have you know more money to spend on everything else and they have you know the first round draft pick or the first overall pick, this the, the next best one after McDavid and then they got Marner and with him like mm-hmm. that's what drives me crazy sometimes when when they play these teams and you're like well, they do you think people like realize like how how backwards they have it sometimes and. I actually um yeah speaking of I in the concourse in between the first and second, so it was still nil nil and uh I talked to these two guys, two Euler fans, who were uh from Alberta, one of whom's kids were taught by Josh Bailey's mom in high school. <laughs> and the, the way crazy. the guy said it to me was hilarious. He he had a he had like a handlebar mustache. Um and it, this guy did, he's big. Like I mean you looked at him like if, if he even wasn't wearing an Oilers jersey. You just lined them up and you're like, you know, man, you're either from Manitoba or you're from Alberta. Like you're definitely not from Vancouver and you're definitely not right. from Southern Ontario. Like you're, you're, you're either an oiler fan, a flame fan, or a jets fan. um, <laughs> And, uh, or yourself, Asano, but it, you're, he, the way he, uh, the way he kind of is talking about this high school that Josh Bailey's mom taught out. He, he was like, yeah, you know, at the, uh, at the old sturgeon comp, and like I would know what that means, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's <laughs> great. Like, like I love Josh Bailey, and we talked about him, yeah. and and he's like, yeah, he's like, he was with his buddy. They were coming to the Islander game, and then they were going to the Ranger game, which was hilarious because uh, the Rangers blew a 3 0 n- n- lead that the Islanders held on to, yes. even though they they also have they they've got the the other you know the best goalie in the world if you ask other people. <laughs> um, and he they were, the, he was like he was talking about how really how excited he was to see the Oilers play the Islanders, and. He was like, you know, me and my buddy, we were we were saying there's one thing you always know about the Islanders. They're gonna step on the ice, they might not be that good, but they're gonna work hard. And and, and he's you know, he's influenced by the dynasty. He was a lot older than I was mm-hmm. and stuff and so like his view of the Islanders is very different. Um and because he, he was talking about those Stanley Cups uh, as well when when the Islanders beat the Oilers and then when the Oilers beat the Islanders. And how like Oilers fans who go back that far have this like weird respect for the Islanders for for teaching them how to win basically, yeah. um, and and I was like yeah I was like that's really nice to hear like because I was like people like around my age and younger who and the media like they they kind of don't talk like that about the Islanders and he's like ah he's like let me guess like you're you're talking about TSN or the Toronto Sports Network and then we just had a great you know laugh at at the mm. the expense of uh toronto and and the uh <laughs> the media that comes out of there and stuff and he's like no he's like he's like most people you know most people who who love hockey and watch hockey like they they think that way about about your team trust me and he's like we, mm-hmm. we talk about those those guys all the time like you know gillies and you know and i can't remember who he, he was just dropping like all these guys from the dynasty mm-hmm. and then he's talking about how like he was he was happy that ryan smith ended up going to the islanders because like it's like a good <laughs> hockey program and stuff yeah. <laughs> like he's like he's perfect for that team like they'll work hard I'm like wow you, you mean the team that had mike sillinger and andy hilbert on it like i don't know i don't know <laughs> what i don't i don't think ryan smith wasn't coming to yeah. you know play with bobby nystrom and, and, yeah. and mike bossy he was coming he was coming to play with richard park and aaron Ash.
0: Yeah, the team that needed Wade Dublowitz to to make a poke check on Sergei Breeland on the last play of the season. That's that's the perfect team for Ryan Smith. Yeah. Classic uh, Islander. Yeah. But
1: um yeah, it was but it was just nice to hear and they were they were like, you know, talking about how they like they appreciated like the fans and they were talking about how, right. you know, engaged everyone seemed to be and um yeah, so it was great. That uh, you know, Josh Bailey's mom, I guess, was a,
0: a high school teacher mm-hmm. in somewhere in Alberta. <laughs> well, there you go. Thanks, Josh Bailey's mom. Uh but yeah, but and actually that reminds me the crowds at UBS have been really, really good for these few games here. Uh in particular, yeah, that game against the Oilers were people chanting Ilya Sorokin and then Shannon did the uh interview with him, still working on the English, but uh he's he's just hilarious sometimes when he gives these sort of deadpan answers that end up being perfect uh when you you know you you Clean sweep the best player in the league like that, uh and it was awesome. Okay, so that we talked a lot about that game. It was a lot going on, you know, for a three nothing game. But that leads us to Friday's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And again, like the thing, the common theme with all these games is that there is there there has been an element of danger to all of them. Like the the Islanders again, we've talked a lot about how their their margin of error is so thin that they're always kind of on the precipice of something terrible happening. And so all of these teams, no matter where they are in the standings, could all become you know. A disaster waiting to happen and that was sort of what it looked like going on in Columbus they they actually started pretty well they were up 2 nothing. Oliver Wallstrom scored a nice goal, assisted by first point from uh, Simon Holmstrom we'll talk about him again in a little bit too Pajot scored on the power play and so everything was going great, then Ilya Sorokin takes a puck in the neck and this is what we were talking about before, about the all-star game, I mean, oh my god what is this guy going to happen, when he went down you, me, and everybody else thought to myself, thought to themselves, oh my god please, please be okay. Please be okay. He ended up taking a shot. I believe it was from Eric Robinson. I'm not sure. Right in the neck where there's no protection there. And he went down for a minute. He was, you know, kind of off his feet for a couple of seconds. Damien Hess came out, take a look at him, but he stayed in the game. Then all kinds of weird stuff started happening. Uh, Mainly the Blue Jackets getting a five on three for reasons that we still don't know. Um, Scrum broke out, something weird happened. When all of a sudden, the, the Blue Jackets have a two-minute five-on-three. Well, guess what? They score two goals. And, I mean, these are not on Sorokin, again, who got hurt, but it wasn't his his fault. Um, and you just thought, oh, great. here You know, this is just perfect. Like, these guys are going to – the refs are – it was a very curiously refereed game. We've talked about these very rarely in the past, but th- that was some bullshit. Like, I'm sorry. That was just a very strange situation. I've never seen a team go from, you know – Five on five to five on three that quickly because of some stupid reason, but um, you thought, oh great! I mean, this is the end of that. You know, they they were playing well, and then they got derailed. But then there's Brock Nelson, who has had a spectacular season so far. He scores his tenth goal, beautiful right into the the roof of the net over um, Corpusallo's shoulder. Sorokin was great again, coming out of the you know into the third period, and he ends up with twenty four saves, and the Islanders end up with a three two win. And it was again, much like the Leafs game, a very resilient win. They stuck with it. You know, the, the Blue Jackets had their chances, but Sorokin was there, and then it just took Nelson one shot to get it. This was also the game in which Matt Barzell took the lead in the NHL and assists this year, which is also very exciting. So um, it got kind of chippy. We'll talk about the Flyers game next, which got even chippier. But uh, again, like this was a resilient game, and I don't know if we can, you know, that, that, that they don't have stats for this. You can't use analytics to, to you know. To determine that it was it was a resilient game. <laughs> like the Islanders could have folded. They could have just, you know, went two nothing up and then fell apart and and took it, you know, took the loss. But Blue Jackets have not had a great season. The Islanders hung around and hung around until finally they could score and win and then hung on for the victory. And uh it was great. And so now, you know, you got three straight wins. <laughs> you went from expecting three straight losses or at least a couple of losses here to all of a sudden they've put together three wins in four games in the same week, and you're like, Wow, something is happening with these guys, and this was where I started to come around. This sort of like, I think I just need to understand that this is the way these guys are going to play, and uh, and just have to kind of like it because this is this is working for them right now. And uh, you know, they just they just keep hanging around and then walking out with victories. And this was just another one you throw on the on the pile, and it was just like, I don't know how they do it, but they did it, and they they understood the assignment, and that was all that really matters. <laughs> uh, so, in other words, a typical Islanders Blue Jackets game, basically. <laughs> yeah, it was a
1: really went from being a what looked like a ho hum gonna beat a bad team, good goaltending, you know, maybe right. Sorokin can get some back to back shutout game to what the hell? You know, like in in two seconds. That was yeah, I think we do a pretty good job of just like accepting that throughout the NHL season and throughout your life watching the NHL, like you're gonna be on uh both sides of the refs uh you know and and i i like the human element of of referees and games and stuff like that so like i think it it adds to the experience more than anything i i i hate that we can you know, look at offsides to the toenail in soccer and you know and hockey like you know those i hate the sus- suspended animation of celebrating a goal and then seeing everyone huddle around an ipad um <laughs> So like that's it's if I feel that way I need to live with the consequences. Uh and mm. I'll tell you what, Fridays that was probably the most angry I've been about the refs in a long time because <laughs> uh it, it it was just like kind of like it was pointless almost. It was just like, okay, you wanna call Clutterbuck for an interference and yeah, that's fine. Then the yeah. Pelic but the pe- like they were it was they were two fifty fifty, 50 there was one fifty fifty 50 call and then there was one you know 595 call and they yeah. both end up getting called at simultaneously after a meeting too like where they're like we got to right. get this one right and and they still decide yeah whatever it's just, just see what happens uh and as soon as those penalties got called you knew you they should have just said it's two two because it, it was so yeah. obvious um yeah but kind of what you were talking about with this team is like, and this has been something we've mentioned before. It does feel very 2018, 19 first season where they're finding ways to win, even after they found ways to, you know, almost <laughs> <Boy>. lose. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, uh, uh, that kind of, it's, it. I wouldn't say galvanize them right away. Those mm. two goals. Cause I think they were a little shaky and then, Sorry to get control of the game back, and it comes down to to our guy Brock Nelson, who, um, I think if you, you you know if you went around the league and 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 everyone got to protect one player, not not including goalies, goalies once again they don't exist. as as we've been right. told millions of times, but if you were to tell you know everybody gets to protect one player, and they everyone did, uh, you know the Islanders, you know they they protect Barzell. Let's say, yeah. I think that. And then you said, "Okay, everyone else is available." I think Brock Nelson would be like the second pick after mm. Leon Drysaitel because, like, he to me he's the one of just the most effective players in the NHL right now. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying yeah, he really he's the best, is. but I like, think he's I think he's just one of the most effective. Like, he's mm. he's so good at everything. Um, he's not, you know, in, in an elite player, whatever. I don't care. Like, he doesn't need to be. Like, that's just not like what his role is and and what he's built to do he's so good at not he's so good at being good he's like you know he's so good at being not elite Uh, he's so good at just being like being such a solid nhl player he's got a great shot and he's got this weird aura about him too (laughs) um and we'll talk about like the hickey interview after the game as i want to talk about that uh but uh he's got this weird aura and it happened against the flyers too where when Nelson in this goal that he scored against the Blue Jackets had it too where he'll have a scoring chance and even a half scoring chance cuz that goal against the Blue Jackets was half a scoring chance right. at best yeah. but you could be like oh no he's going to score like three strides before he even shoots you like, he, he just <laughs> he, he has this kind of aura and he he he, he did it against the the, uh, the Flyers too where you, when you know you 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 see the puck you're like okay Nelson's skaning down the oh Nelson's skaning down the wing that means he's going to score hmm he's got good speed he's got such a good shot and and he does and like sometimes like when he doesn't you're like god damn like i'm shocked that he didn't score there he just brock nelson scores on every one of his shots right um and that was such a beautiful little you know six second bit of hockey um from the from the the shot to the celebration to him chirping at erica branson who (laughs) <laughs> two-handed him in the back of the leg in front of the ref. Right. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was another was, thing That too. whole bizarre yeah. that 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 situation bizarre. Not only did they they right. miss the the two hand to Nelson mm. right in front of them, uh, yeah. they I I was like, oh, so I guess they're going back to call that. Mm. No. And there whatever. A, no.
0: There was a knee on knee with Wallstrom too. Well, that, yeah. Yeah. That I'm called, yeah.
1: No. Um. <laughs> but well, yeah. That and then so he chirps at Good Branson on the way out too. Like and mm. Thomas Hickey brings it up after the game and uh you know we we i think everyone kind of knows by now that brock is like one of the sneakiest kind of it's not dirty at all but like you know mm. he's a wise ass i guess is like yes. the best way to put it like he's a wise ass on skates um yeah and he you know he's chirping at him and, and hickey you know catches him i guess and uh we find out that the two of them are, are very close friends and we're roommates, and He asked if, you know, if he said something to him and he's like, nah, you know, that just I don't want to say anything. It just happened. You know, that's the kind of stuff that just happens on the ice. But he had this like wry smile. And I think that's kind of perfectly encapsulates who Brock Nelson is as a as a hockey player. It's like just like a very wry, cute Mm. smile, like like the type of smile you'd see on a third grader who like as a teacher, Mm. you'd be like, I want to get mad at that kid because what he did was deserves to be, you know, by the book, I should be mad at him. Mm. But it was so goddamn clever for a third Mm. grader that I'm just going to let it, you know, let it go and appreciate (laughs) it. You know, tell my friends at dinner about it. And, um, you know, one of those kind of situations.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, Brock, you know, he's got this sort of sleepy eyes. He's, he's kind of a low talker a little bit from Minnesota, very unassuming guy, you know, off the ice and for most parts of games too. And then he's just got, but he's just got this something like killer instinct about him sometimes that he just pulls these things off. And yeah, that was a good example. And we saw another example of that in the game against the Flyers that we'll, we'll get to right now, our final game of the week, another, another win, a five, two win. Um, again, they started really good. Pelic scores. It's like a net front scramble. Uh, but then after that, the Islanders are very sloppy for the next period and a half. Um, Lucas Senlac scored in the slot. This was a Varlamov start and he was very good, but the two goals he gave up, we had no chance. Like Senlac is in the slot. Somebody left him open there and he scored. Uh, and then in the second Joel Faraby, uh, picks up a rebound, so Varlamov makes a save, rebound goes right to Farabee, who scores. Yeah, okay, fine, maybe probably should have put that puck someplace else, but hey, you know, credit Joel Farabee for being on the right spot at the right time. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, come on, you guys are going to lose to a team that's lost nine games in a row? Give me a break. But then all of a sudden, they start to turn things around, and at the end of this period, off of a, after a terrible power play is about to expire, Zach Parisi, who I would protect with my life at this point, uh because he just means so much to me uh he just dives across the crease and he scores and that you know the place goes completely nuts goes right between the legs the puck goes right between the legs of uh, Felix Sandstrom who was in goal for the Flyers and all of a sudden it was a different team that was right at the end of the second period and and the Islanders came out in the third as a completely different team and so you know tied it to they basically looked like they were just had said to themselves we're not losing this effing game right now and Nelson and Bovillier scored 22 seconds apart like you said, I mean, he, he, Nelson was just breaking down the left side. He just put the puck on net and it went in right over, you know, Sandstrom's glove hand and then Beauvillier right at, like I barely had registered that the goal had happened. They went to face off, they're back in the flyer zone and they score again. And this was, that was it. That was, the game was over at that point. Uh But Zach Parisi found a very similar shot to uh, Nelson's just on the other side that went right over the, into the top corner over Sandstrom's shoulder. Uh And, you know, it was party time. And it was like, okay, the Flyers are going to lose 10 in a row. The Islanders are going to win five in a row. This is great. But then, of course, things start to fall apart. So Alex Romanov hits somebody I don't even know who. uh, And he is attacked literally by Nick Delorier, who is one of the league's preeminent goons. Or if you're Jeff Merrick, one of your favorite players (laughs) on Earth. Why, I don't know. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. So while that's happening, Tony D'Angelo is on the ice. And he just grabs somebody to fight with because he's like, all right, we're fighting now. And the guy he picks is Oliver Wallstrom, who is a younger than he is. B has been in fights before and knows what to do. And C was training with like MMA guys over the summer. None of which I think Tony knew. So after taking a couple of shots and kind of finding his bearings, Wallstrom starts to fight back. And what happened was at the end, the now indelible image that we all have seen 100 times this weekend of Wallstrom standing over a turtled De, uh, D'Angelo, punching him in the back of the head a couple of times and basically making him look like a huge putz, basically. Like, this is just, this was the cherry on top of what was a fantastic week for the Islanders. Yes, they won four games in a row. Yes, they've separated themselves a little bit from the pack. But to win this game and to watch Oliver Wallstrom speed bag one of the least likable players in modern NHL history was Fantastic! I can't think of a, another player who deserved a beating like that. <laughs> and watching him, I, I you know I'm not a big fight guy. Like it's just, it is what it is. It's fine. It ha- very happens very rarely. That was a cathartic fight for me to watch. Like I just I was rooting for Wallstrom to just absolutely obliterate this guy. And for the most part, he kind of did. There was another little bit. Martin kind of grabbed wrist a line, and later on, nothing really much came of it. But at the end of the day. The Islanders got full value out of that game. Ryan Pulock had four assists. Varlamov again was very good. Ten straight loss for the Flyers. And oh, by the way, their next opponent—yeah, it's the Islanders on Tuesday. We'll talk about that on the other side. But man, like I said, just just this was such a great week for the Islanders, and that game just punctuated all of it and highlighted everything. And that fight was just the best possible. You know, it it felt good to be an Islanders fan on Sunday. Let's just put ah. it that way. It felt very good.
1: Yeah, and it's <laughs> it. I think you. I think cathartic is a great word mm. for that for that whole performance um i i was like they're playing terrible for the first 30 (laughs) minutes or so 35 minutes and my friend after parisi scored parisi um like you said like we we would die for him and he probably would die for us um just by the way he plays it seems that way at least Mm. uh he spent so much time just whacking away at felix sandstrom's pads in that game uh, it was just is a joy to watch. Just and then I started. It, I the thought crossed my my mind like a lot. I feel like he, you know he was in the crease a lot as he normally wasn't. I think he's got a ton of I guess a ton of respect around the league. Like except for from Matthew Kachuk, like where <laughs> when he's doing that, people kind of just are like, oh yeah, you know, we'll 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 kind of like just escort him out of the blue paint for the most part. Right. Um, but then of course you know as soon as I thought that, five minutes later he got cross checked into the net. Mm. and the Islanders end up scoring on that power play which I thought was beautiful <laughs> but my, when he scored that game tying goal which you know we like well same thing with that Bailey you know we we goal like you talk about a really really importantly timed goal that mm. was one too um it ties the game up gets them into the intermission tied they can reset uh and just impose their will against the lesser team and um my friend after he scored that goal texts me he's like he, it's 2022 and you know zach parisi is the heart and soul of the islanders (laughs) and he's right like i mean he is kind of what this whole team kind of wants to be known for you just Mm. going out there hustling until your shift's over going back playing for each other doing the right thing saying the right thing all that kind of stuff it just seems like that like they are uh you know what the motto that Zach Parisi plays his hockey and lives his life by is like what this team kind of wants to do. And um, yeah. And th- so that sends us to this third period that you, I I'm happy you brought up the UBS crowds. Cause I think I've noticed over the past few games, um, I just, it's starting to turn into a really enjoyable time to go to the games. Like mm-hmm. it's so much fun. I look forward to it a lot more than I did last year. Of course. But like it just feels it feels so Islanders like the crowd feels like the Islanders crowds from the Coliseum. It just does. And I I do think that the um, the fat cats who run the show, (laughs) uh, who run the Islanders, still have a little bit of of learning to do with like how, you know, the game experience for Islander fans isn't just like, you know, it's not the cookie cutter game experience like for other Mm -hmm. places where, you know, you, you you show i like the ice that like the the stuff they show on the ice like the the graphics before the game and whatever and afterwards but like we don't really give a shit like we just want the islanders to win and we want to celebrate and we want to sing josh bailey's song and Mm. and that kind of stuff like and i thought it was funny because it was 80s night yeah um but i like i thought like they were going to lean into it more it was like they almost just said it was 80s night and and, and, like they played a couple 80s songs and had the hosts dress up Mm. like 80s characters like tina turner and uh Mm. randy savage uh And and like that was about it. Like otherwise, it wasn't very eighties night. It didn't feel eighties, yeah. and a little disappointing. I wanted it to feel they, they you know, more eighties. They Pac Man on the ice, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was. Like, I mean, there was some. I just thought it was going to be. They were really going to lean into it more. Yeah. Um, which you know I thought they kind of half measured it. Mm. Um, but anyways, that's besides the point. So we go into this third period. Uh, the crowd is juiced because they tie the game up, and they end up you know scoring those two quick goals. Uh, Bovillier was really good. I mean, that line was really good. Hmm. Uh, Lee, Bovillier, Nelson. Since I guess since Bo's goal against the Leafs, like they've been awesome. Um, and then yeah, we get to that scrum and and you know, Cobb, we Romanov is just the best <laughs> too. Like he 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 comes flying into such Kevin Hayes, such a beautiful hit, and he that that like piece of real estate on the ice, hmm. just on either side of the blue the Islanders blue line just belongs to that guy he if if you're crossing the blue line and he's on the ice and you're crossing the blue line at that part and it's not an on man rush you're gonna get pasted and he just is like it's like a magnet and i what i'm liking is like you we we haven't really talked much you know x's and o's like we usually do on this podcast mm-hmm. but uh Ro, romanov and and mayfield i never thought for a second right. about putting like th- that those two guys would make sense together like i never even thought crossed my mind uh and they've they they really work uh so mm-hmm. far at least i th- i think i don't know what the numbers say just from watching the games it really does look like it works they must be an absolute chore to deal with mm-hmm. like you get you, you get through romanov then you got to deal with mayfield and vice versa um and yeah so he's you know he just staples him and like i said the guy just has never thrown a body check that he's ended up on like the worst for where for right. um and yeah Our man, Nick Delorier, who good guy, like if I had to hear Nick DeLaurier's name one more time on on 32 Thoughts over the summer, like we they spoke about Nick Delorier more than they spoke about Johnny Gaudreau.
0: Yeah. Which is bananas. They talk about him like he's some kind of game changer, like like, oh, this is the guy who's going to really change the way and really alter the the flyers and, and really make them, you know, into a different team, take them to the next level. Why? Why he's? I didn't even know he was out there half the time. And speaking of flyers that we didn't know were out there, Kiefer Bellows <laughs> was in the first line for the Flyers in that game. Now, again, no ill will towards Kiefer. Whatever didn't work here. He was on waivers. The Flyers picked him up. The, everybody's hurt on on Philly, so they need bodies. I talked about this with my friend Kelly on her podcast last week for Broad Street Hockey. I have a ton of respect for my friends over at Broad Street Hockey. They. It's a shame that they have to watch this terrible thing I, I said this to you i can't believe I i'm saying this i was happy john tortorella doesn't it. deserve this what's I that really
1: ha- i was i was hoping you were going to say that on this podcast because yeah. i thought it was i started cracking up when you texted me that
0: john tortorella doesn't deserve this like this team is not good and Kiefer bellows being on the first line i know we joked yeah yeah right, he's gonna score against the islanders he did not only not score against the islanders he was barely visible and the best part was that before the game uh tortorella was like, "Look." I'm I'm going to talk about Kiefer this one time, but after this, because we're playing the team that he used to play for, but then after this, I'm only taking team questions from here on out, guys, okay? I'm not taking any more individual questions. Okay, towards whatever. And his answer to what have you seen in Kiefer Bellows is, I don't even know who Kiefer Bellows is. I don't even know who he is. I barely know him. I, people tell me all these things about him. He needs to work on his skating. I don't even know who he is. Now, maybe he meant to say, like, I haven't kind of come to know the young man that often, but it sure sounded like this guy, who's the coach of a you know one of the the more valuable teams in the NHL, was like who? Like I don't even know who this guy is. He's on the team. He wears a number, I guess. I don't know. So uh, it was a it was an insane. It was a very weird sort of surreal feeling, being like, oh, there's Bellows. Like I would hear Brendan say his name every once in a while, and then he would just kind of ether out. And it's just like he's gone. He's got no points in his games. He's sad for a bunch. He hasn't obviously helped the, the Flyers win any of these games recently. Obviously, there's still that game on Tuesday we're going to talk about it on the other side of the break. But like it was it, it was a, almost a complete team meltdown. And I for some people I felt bad for. I not Nick Delorier and not Tony D'Angelo, obviously, <laughs> but a lot of other people, friends of mine, and weirdly, John Tortorella, who I've come to kind of respect and like over the last few years. And it's just like, man, th- these guys need help. Like, yeah, they're all hurt. But even if they weren't, even if Sean Couturier was playing, even if like JBR and uh, who's another guy? There's another guy who's hurt now Konechny. too. Konechny, yeah. Even if those dudes were playing, like, what w- what are they even doing here? Like, I don't even, I mean, okay, fine. Carter Hart didn't play. I assume he's going to play on Tuesday. Like, just what what is the plan for these guys? And, 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 you know, Jeff Merrick isn't part of the Flyers front office, not that I know of anyway. But like he's kind of indicative of what I think people thought. Like, oh, we're going to be tough to play against, dude. You got to score goals. Like, you can't. can't, I don't care how tough you think you are. My team just scored two goals on twenty-two seconds on you, and then another one a minute later, and that was it. The game was over. Like, I had no. I had no doubt that the Islanders are going to win that game. After those, they just kind of stopped playing. And so, I don't care whose face you're. You think you're punching? It doesn't really matter at that point. It's just, I don't know. It was just a very bizarre. Situation yep. and then at the end of the day, it's 10 straight loss. The, this is the third year in a row, I think. The Flyers have had a, a stretch of at least 10 losses, so it's incredible. And it is, it is,
1: yeah. So, I mean, like, like you said, the, the Bellows thing was hilarious, um, mm. especially with like the outrage of, right, you know, that,
0: that how could you let this guy go?
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they're letting him go because he's young, like, if he was 32, they would have kept him, like, okay, he just. <laughs> You know, John Tortorella. John Tortorella kind of just told you why we let him go. He's right. not in the worst team in the NHL, and he's he's you know barely getting a crack. But um, right. Yeah. So then the game crescendos, and uh, one of the yeah, you know, there's there's been some some signature moments I think at UBS Arena already this season, and mm. whether it was like the comeback against the Avalanche and the Flames, and uh for sure uh, we're probably up there in mm. terms of like uh performances performance stuff or actual hockey um mm. but the Wallstrom <laughs> you, th- it in a weird way it reminded me of like the Ryan pollock save on the goal line against the Lightning <laughs> where it's just like this perfect freeze frame moment um mm. that is just going to be e- 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 when you go to the silent auction in the, it's in the concourse of UBS <laughs> Arena or whatever like there's going to be a signed photo of uh, yeah Oliver Walterson uh you know ragdolling <laughs> tony d'angelo and um yeah and the the pop from the crowd really mm. you know, it reminded me it wasn't you know this is just the first one that kind of comes to my mind but like the eric cairns uh fight with uh right. you know jane corson like it kind of just like felt like that a little bit especially because Wall, wallstrom was uh you know it was a game misconduct because how late it was in the game but like mm. it it was like a, a poor man's version of that in a little bit where <laughs> it just, it was so nice to send him off uh, like that. And he, he, you, you said it, right? Like, I don't think either one of us are, you know, huge Like I, I think I don't, the way that fighting is now, I think is fine. I think it's great. Mm. Like whatever, uh, if it goes away, it goes away. But the fact that that was allowed to happen is one of the reasons I love hockey. It's like the the, the rest were like, you know what? Like this guy just attacked this guy. So Mm. and now he's getting now he's paying for it. I think there's something beautiful about that, Um, Mm. and especially the 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 characters involved. Um, the 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 guy was wearing the black hat for sure. Like watching him get Mm. fed, rights from from Oliver Walsham was great. Um, Yeah, and 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 like I think that was a you know is going to go down. It's just like a beautiful signature, UBS moment this season, Uh, Mm. and you know kind of just like whether it's the Bailey goal, like this this week was kind of full of these galvanizing moments. The Bailey mm. goal, Sorokin shutout, the Nelson goal and chirping, Good Branson, and then Wallstrom, like each game had these beautiful galvanizing romantic moments. Right. Um and 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 like you and I think that's why what you said before was perfect. Like it's it's a great week. It's been a great week, uh, mm. for the Islanders and to be an Islander fan.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and we celebrated that by having the longest first half we ever had on this show, one full hour. <laughs> so just like you got full value from the Islanders on on Saturday, you get full value from this podcast in just one half of an episode. We are going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk a little bit about their upcoming schedule. We'll talk a little bit more about Thomas Hickey. Sure, why not? We love Hickey and uh, and his job on MSG Networks, and uh, then we'll wrap it up. All right, so come back on the other side. Thanks.
1: That's shopify.com slash special offer.
0: And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, vintageicehockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, and jerseys featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. People, Thanksgiving is over. What does that mean? Christmas is coming up. Go to vintageicehockey.com and buy the hockey fan in your life something very cool, they sell all these great old hockey shirts and, and jerseys and, and hats and all kinds of stuff, but they also sell our Al Arbor and the Island merch. And of course, our portion of the sales of that go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Uh, you could use the code Light Anxiety, excuse me, the code anxiety to save 15% off your order. That is vintageIcehockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rose, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast magazine. All are delicious price of less than $15 a bottle and are available at your local wine shops and UBS arena. Learn more at the pinot project.com. Please drink responsibly. Uh, okay. So uh, like I said, we, we had a very long first half, we'll just get into the next few games coming up. So Tuesday we talked about is against the flyers again. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Do not be surprised when Ross Johnston draw is in for that game. I don't know who's going to sit. He'll probably be Holmstrom again. Cause he's kind of the young man on the totem pole, but uh yeah, they're, they're going to Roscoe's going to play in that. game. Like, I'm sorry, the boss, they need the boss in that game. And I guarantee that he and Nick DeLaurier two seconds into the game are going to fight. So don't be surprised when any of that happens. Uh, that is Tuesday. They have a couple of days off and then they have Friday against the Predators, who uh, Mike and I ha- agree that the Islanders have never beaten ever in their entire franchise histories. So, uh, hopefully this will be the first time they beat the Predators, because I think I might be at that game. So uh, that's going to be a big one. That's also at home. Uh, yeah. So the, yeah, the game against the Flyers is in Philly Fridays at home against Nashville. Then it's Sunday at home against Chicago and then Tuesday at home against St. Louis. Uh, Mike and I are actually going to record on Wednesday. So our next episode after this will be on Thursday, December 8th. Okay. So just be aware <laughs> that's the next one. Cause, uh, we, we won't be able to get that one in on Sunday. Uh, so we're going to go to Wednesday. Um, these are three, you know, obviously we'll talk about the Flyers in a second, but like we've talked about them a lot, I guess, but then it's three Western conference teams. These are games that, you know, the Islanders can win. Uh, St. Louis has kind of turned it on. Nashville's kind of turned it on and Chicago still has, you know, some, some life in it. These are three Western conference teams. These are not going to be easy games to win. The Islanders can win them. Hopefully they can finally beat Nashville for what seems like the first time in forever. But, uh, at the end of the day, uh, right now, I forgot to mention this in the first half, the Islanders right now are fourth in the Eastern Conference by points. They are tied for third in goals against. They are tied for third in goals for. They are th- have the third best goal differential. The Islanders right now are having a good season, and these teams better start to worry about coming into UBS Arena to play them. Um, what are you looking at? in these these four games coming up. You know, the Flyers game is kind of its own animal given what yeah. happened on Saturday. But then you've got these three Western Conference teams that uh you know are going to pose a challenge for sure, but I mean again, right now, regardless of whatever flaws they might have, the Islanders are playing really really well. So, I'm guess I'm confident, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, you- I mean I'm just looking
1: forward to it. I right? I'm excited yeah. for them to play again. Um because They've won four in a row, and they they got right. Sorokin, and um, the Flyers game, like you said, is kind of going to be different from everything else. Right. I think I'm with you. I think that Ross Johnson ends up playing, and there'll be a lot of outrage. I like that one of the Islanders <laughs> beat writers um thought it was a big deal that they didn't slend out their their first power play unit for that right. after the melee. Like, was yeah. that the right move? Well, <laughs> Who the hell cares? And I think I think you're missing you're missing the point here is that they, they're trying to get Zach Parisi a hat trick, um, mm. which would have ended up with me uh in, in jail, likely for streaking or something. Um, you know, hugging him. You know, one of those Cristiano Ronaldo kind of moments when like they run on the field and Ronaldo's like, No, no, don't arrest this kid. Don't arrest this eight year old. He's just acting like an eight year old, he's totally fine, and I'm gonna take a picture with him and then we're gonna get him back to his family. Except Zach Parisi would have to do it and be like, get this arrest this guy please right. um but uh yeah i, I i'm i think that I, i'm kind of hoping they play ross which is funny because i think mm. a week ago i was like what the hell is the point of this guy <laughs> uh, <Right. laughs> And now I'm like, okay, let's get this guy here because it would be hilarious to just watch him beat up nick delorier mm. um who who i don't know if you know you know when when he was with the minnesota wild he fought nick sealer who's now on the flyers and that's that that caused the Philadelphia his ears to perk up. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, and then like you said, the Islanders have never beaten the uh, the Predators. I don't care what what mm. stats you throw at me. If, if Eric Kornick tells me otherwise, I've just they've <laughs> never done it. They've never <laughs> beaten the Predators. Um, the Predators came into the NHL in 1998, and the Steve Sullivan uh, from Steve Sullivan to Roman Yossi, they've they've, they've never beaten this team. So uh, <laughs> it's too bad. Uh, but hopefully they change it and yeah and they 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 already have wins against Chicago and St Louis on the year and uh but mm. they're they like you know that that Blackhawks game will be fun because I think people will kind of you know talk about Patrick Kane a little bit, which is exciting um mm. and yeah, then the blues game, who knows hopefully Jordan Bennington just doesn't you know bump my guy Sorokin otherwise right. another another situation where oh, I you know I might end up in jail but um <laughs> the uh yeah I mean it's just I'm just excited for them to play again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's the way it is right now. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, we uh, Speaking of the Predators, by the way, uh, we have a great new episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast, coming up on Friday the 2nd. Prior to that game against the, the Predators, we learn a lot about their history from our special guest. And the Weird Islander he picked, probably not the person you're thinking of. There have been a lot of crossover players between Islanders and Predators. He picked one that was so far off the board it was awesome, <laughs> and it was a great a great look back at a very strange time and uh, a guy who uh, I don't think a lot of people remember were an Islander. Even our guest didn't know he was an Islander until we uh, we explained the whole situation to him, so uh, it was pretty cool. So check out look, – look out for that on Friday. Um, real quick, uh, we talked about talking about Thomas Hickey on MSG Broadcast. He's been great. Uh, he does these sort of analytics things where he kind of goes through what a player is thinking and where to play. He did a thing about that overtime – In Toronto, where Austin Matthews was kind of, I don't know if lazy is the right word, but he was sort of passively kind of watching Noah Dobson with his stick in a you know a position that made it pretty obvious to Dobson that he could exploit and send the puck up to Brock Nelson for what ended up being you know the game-winning goal to Anthony Beauvillier, and it's stuff like that that is really really cool. And we're not going to see that maybe as as a viewer, but to somebody like Hickey who can you know go back and look at those videos as a player uh he can recognize that and just you know from the from the way a guy's holding a stick and the hand he has it in to the game-winning goal in overtime he can kind of diagram how all that played out and he's been great you know there's there was a couple of hiccups you know for first time broadcaster i think here and there but i mean otherwise he, he's been a fantastic addition to this and uh as much as i would wish he was still playing and maybe he wishes he was still playing boy he's been so great and it's great to have like an islander there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no offense to Anson yeah. Carter or AJ Melusco. They do a great job, but like having an islander there, besides Butch, obviously, uh, is just it's just a great feeling. Like you're just like, Oh yeah, I love this guy. He's so great. And just it's just been great to see. And and he looks great. <laughs> he's he's doing a great job. And uh he helped Shannon uh, not get run over by the Zamboni once in, in <laughs> Carolina. So that was kind of cool too. <laughs> but uh yeah, so more Thomas Hickey, please.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's kind of like Zach Parisi in a way, where it's 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 funny that you you haven't heard one person speak ill right. at Parisi. Um, and then now you're just not going to hear anyone speak ill of Thomas Hickey's job on MSG at all. Mm. He's just been awesome and he's fun to watch. And, and like I said, he's he's an Islander. And, and not only is he an Islander, he's someone who understands like the ethos of this team. Right. The fact that these guys have been together for so long, why they stuck together, you know, that they all have family here. He's seen all their kids grow up. They've seen, you know, him get married and obviously go through a tragedy as well. Like, so like there's... um. You know something that there's a bond here, and uh, the guys and their post game interviews, which I, you know, I, I think to this still like post game interviews are just so terrible for <laughs> so many different reasons, except when they're the Islanders because they're your team, and you know, these guys like Sorokin did, and um, uh, Beauvillier when he's like you know, complimented Hickey on a suit after the Toronto game, and mm-hmm. and then the Nelson thing, like it, it adds like a different layer, and like they, they all like smile when they see it's him talking or they hear him talking right. or whatever. Um so yeah it, it is it's cool and it's it's cool that he's like not too far removed either from right. playing like he had a PTO with the Devils uh and now he's you know he's doing this so it's it's been you know 3 months since he or not even like it's been a month and a half since he retired right. um and he's smart I mean it's it he he is a as he broadcasts the way he plays which is yeah. or played which is like you know smart very intelligent heady, not going to you know m- make any mistakes and uh someone was i, can't, I think it was maddie the usher who's texting me like talking about how he's got like a man crush on him or whatever and um <laughs> it, i was i i i i do like you know for for work like i'll do videos and podcasts so i'll go on shows and tv or whatever and um it's hard it's like it's a skill set to like do that to like be able All to right. get your thoughts out in the the forty-five seconds you're allotted before you get right. a commercial break, and to like not break eye contact, and to describe like what's going on on like a highlight that's being played over your face and all that stuff. It's insane that he's he he. I'm I'm like he's gotta have been like training for this like in this downtime. He must have like identified because <laughs> if he's this right. natural at it, I'm I'm like Jesus Christ. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's been it's 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 been a joy to watch and and uh him, like the the crew together. Is so mm. funny because you got Brendan who I think, you know, he calls a great game, but I think we can all s- kind of tell like Brendan maybe takes himself a little too seriously um, <laughs> at times. And then like, you got like, you know, butch who's the antithesis of that. And I think Shannon's right. definitely, definitely on that side of the equation as well. And, and Hickey is just like squarely and, you know, in like the perfect medium of, of all that too. So it's a, it's a really yeah. funny, funny quartet.
0: Yeah. And yeah, he's been, I mean, he did a lot of interviews as a player, so I guess he had a leg up that right. way, but to be on the other side is, and to pick it up so quickly is, is really impressive. Uh, and especially for a guy who, like you said, was, you know, in September he was on a PTO. He was like trying to get, make it on the devil's roster. And, uh, you know, here he is now doing this. I'm sure it was a shock to him, but, uh, but yeah, no, he's done a great job and it's great to see. And, uh, hopefully, like I said, we, we see more of him. They got to give him some kind of like, you know, spotlight thing or something. I, I don't know if they've, they've officially done that yet with his little bits, but, uh, Shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be too long before he gets that. So it's nice. Uh, okay, so uh, this has been a long one, but we had a lot to talk about because, uh, like we've said a couple of times, it's it's good. It feels good right now. Feels really good. And uh, maybe uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll get some uh, player of the week action. I don't know. Maybe I I, I would think. I don't know. It's probably some four guys from Seattle or something that are going to get that <laughs> <laughs> when the league announces it later on. It's always it's always somebody's like, huh? Who? Okay. But anyway. Uh, We'll see. Maybe maybe if it's going to be anybody, it'll be Sorokin, obviously. But uh, Brock Nelson had a hell of a week, too. Uh, But that's it for us. So like I said, our next episode will uh, pop up on Thursday the 8th. So it's going to be a little bit later. But uh, we're going to have four more games to talk about. And then uh, there's a back-to-back with the Devils in Carolina right after that. So, I mean, things are going to amp up. Like, December is no joke. They got a long road trip through Colorado, Arizona, Vegas. Uh, Then they're home. They got the Panthers again. The Penguins, who... Uh we haven't talked about, but uh like Mike said last week of getting their, you know, annual fifteen, two and two streak or whatever it is, where they just all of <laughs> a sudden show up in first place again where they got the devils, like I said. So it's uh not gonna get any easier from here on out. But uh the Islanders have uh done right for themselves in these first two months. So it's great to see. Uh read Lighthouse hockey every single day for your most up to date islanders news and discussion. Again, Weird Islanders podcast, Friday, uh December second. Great episode. Check it out. Listen to our last one too with Down Goes Brown. It was fun. Uh Michael Lieboff, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh the Big Libowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski Read his work at Action Network. Uh we're uh coming up on the end of the uh, uh the round robin section of the World Cup. So uh we're gonna get into yep. some uh knockout rounds here. <laughs> and uh R. I. P. Canada is all I'm gonna say. So <laughs> real real shame. Real shame <laughs> that that happened, but what are you going to do? Uh, but yeah, so uh, so read his work at Action Network. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week on Thursday, okay? Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye.